Lord, may our hearts be given to praising our Savior all the day long. That our hearts would adore you and long for you and look for you. And Lord, not all of us come here uh, having had a joyful week with nothing but good things that happened. Lord, some of us are coming broken, experienced relational difficulty, suffered harm, health failing, marriage difficult. And so, Lord, would you help us even in those dark moments to say that you are our song, that you are our glory, that you are wonderful beyond measure. So speak to us, O oh God, in ways that only you can and move in our hearts so that we might know that you are God and we are yours. Remind us of this, Lord, we forget sometimes. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can have a seat if you like. Man, I am super jazzed to be with you today. You are not nearly as excited to see me as I am to see you, for sure. But I am jazzed to be with you, man. This is great. Will is a dear friend, and Kyle was so kind. Man, um, I, I love your pastors. I love your pastors. Let me tell you something. I, am, I, I see a lot of pastors. Having been pastoring in, in New York for 18 years, you can only imagine how many pastors um, I've connected with. And your pastor's wonderful and special. When I think of your pastor, I think that none of us will know, both of your pastors, really. None of us will know the price that they paid. Like, you go ahead, leave your hometown, go to a place that you've never been to before, to minister to people that you do not know, and then serve within that context and environment for years. None of us will know the heartache, the difficulty, the loneliness. The, none of us will know, and he'll never tell you. But I'm telling you, that stuff is hard. And so he came, and, and I remember when he first came, um, that just, you know, life gets tough, right? It gets lonely. All your friends are away and all that stuff. You've got to develop new friends and relationships. And he's just been a guy who's committed to stay and love you and serve you. So I'm a huge fan of Pastor Kyle, of Pastor Will. I'm just, I, I love your church. And um, I'm grateful to be here with you. Um, again, my name is Edwin Cologne. Um, I've been pastoring the Recovery House of Worship for a minute now. And uh, it started in my kitchen with a bunch of homeless guys sleeping on the floor with me. And uh, it's grown past that. And it's pretty cool. And so um, uh, I have, uh, as Kyle said, uh, my wife and my five children, which I believe we have a cool picture of. What? The only reason I chose that picture is because I look really good. That's, that's the only reason you choose pictures too. Um, but like, okay, so the top left is my son Edwin. Got accepted to NYU and got a full, uh, NYU Law and got a full ride. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. You don't hear that many stories in my family. Right? And so, uh, and then next to him is my youngest daughter, Lydia. And then the handsome guy in the middle is, needs no introduction. My beautiful wife is Liz. And then next to her is Grace and Serenity. They're all, those three guys on the left are all serving uh, at our church. And David, Lydia's trying to keep him out of trouble. He's five now. And he's just a joy to us. Such a great joy. 
and Edwin, um, he serves in the finance ministry and is just a great kid. So I'm just like super, they'd love to be here with you, but they don't like me that much. And so they just as soon stay where they're at. That's not true, they like me, so don't get serious about that, okay. Um, so today, we're gonna talk about a real serious subject. We're gonna talk about suffering. What do you do when, when things get dark? When stuff is difficult? What do you do when the tears don't end, the heart doesn't stop breaking, the pain doesn't stop coming, and everything is falling apart. What do you do? It's like, it gets rough sometimes. Now, we're, we're here, and many of us are in Christ, but if you're here and you're not in Christ, this is a great service that you came to. The reason is because you get to hear how Christians go through difficult times. And if you're in Christ, and you're here, uh, and you've been coming for years, this is a great service for you to go to, because you get to be reminded of what you might already know. And so we're gonna, we're gonna look at uh, suffering and difficulty and heartache, and how does one respond when life throws you curveballs, when things get dark. I remember in 2007, 2007 and 2009, that like, that two year period was like the roughest period of my life. And like, I've had a really, you know, I could tell you stories. I grew up in what you would call a crack house. My mother's a paranoid schizophrenic who's also bipolar, in and out of mental institutions. My father would beat me till blood came out of me. I've had a rough, I had a rough go, with it, a go of it. And so to say that 2007 to 2009 were the roughest years of my life, I'm saying something. Um, uh, in that period of time, someone stole my laptop. That doesn't sound bad. But when you're a thought worker and you put all of your ideas and book ideas and sermons and stuff like that, and it was a crappy laptop, a screen broken, buttons that didn't work, but it was mine and I had all my ideas that I was going to do and they took it. And I still, till this day, haven't started writing a book um, because uh, all of my books ideas were in there and all that stuff. It just took the wind out of my sails. Um, my father, got, who lived in the Bronx, got up and moved to the Dominican Republic without telling me. And it was as if it was another nail in our relational coffin. And so I just felt like he died. And I don't know if you've ever had like issues like that with your parents, but that's what happened with us. And I was like, man, it takes time to plan that out. He sold his house, he sold his car, and he just left. And it was just, it was just confirmation of how broken our relationship is. Then my mother had a stroke, and, then, and at, she started to recover from the stroke, but um, they started giving her the wrong um, mental medication, and she started to lose her mind really, really, really bad. The stress was over, well, it was so dark. Have you ever been there? It was so dark. It was as if all the lights were being shut off in my life. Oh, and my family became homeless, serving the homeless. In that period of time, we um, were serving and there was no money to pay uh, us. We were making, I think it was $800 a month. It's tough to live on that in New York. We were serving, we were homeless, serving the homeless. I put my kids in an office. I had to double lock it so that they would, no one could come out, no one could come in so that the homeless people, if they got up, 
and they started to wander around because we didn't know where they were from, that they couldn't wander in there. I didn't go to sleep for like two years. It was a rough time. I mean, things got so dark. But here's what I know. I know I'm not the only one in this room who's had a dark time. I know I'm not the only one in this room who's suffered quite a bit. I mean, I remember in that time, I was, my nerves were shot. I couldn't sleep, it was awful. But maybe, maybe you've known suffering too. And the thing about suffering, right, is that it's, it's, it's I know that your suffering is the greatest suffering, you know why? Because it's your suffering. My suffering is the greatest suffering. And so your suffering might not look like mine. You might go, wow, that, he suffered more than me. Or you might go, that's nothing. Let me tell you my story. But the fact is, is that we all go through suffering. Maybe for you, right now, your marriage is falling apart and you're doing your best to put the very best face on that you can have. But it's falling apart and you know it. And maybe your spouse doesn't, but you do. It's dark. Maybe... Maybe you're in a stage of life where your kids are starting to go astray and they're making decisions that are breaking your heart. And it's a dark time and you don't see how God's going to get you out of this one and how God's going to get them out of this one and you don't understand how you're going to get through this dark time. It's dark. It's dark. Maybe finances have become a real issue for you. You're living paycheck to paycheck, and sometimes the paycheck doesn't make it to the next paycheck. You know how that goes. I know how that goes. And you're, you're working, and you're doing the best you can, and you're working hard, but it's like there's more bills than money, and you don't know how you're going to get through. It's a dark time. How do you get through? Maybe with you, it's your health. Maybe the doctor gave you a terrible prognosis. And this one is not a fixable one. This one shortens your life and you take to your grave. And you're praying for a miracle, but it seems like the more you pray, the worse things get. I don't know. It's dark. And so the question is, how do we get through the dark times? How do we make it through those moments where no one understands and we feel all alone and it seems like even God doesn't care. Well, the good news is is that God has given us his word because he knows that every one of us is going to go through a dark time. He knows that every one of us is going to experience deep deep pain. And because he knows that about us, he's given us resources to help us through when it gets really dark. Now, we're going to, he's given us uh, this wonder, I could have, honestly, you could almost open your Bible or just drop your Bible and whatever page it uh, jumps on will help you during the dark times. But we're going to go specifically through Psalm 103 verses 1 through five. Now, if you're new here and you didn't bring your Bible because you don't have one, we love that you're here. I promise you that the motivation to create a service like this 
in large part has to do with those of you who are new. And so if you're here and you don't know anybody else and you're here for the first time, good news, you and I have something in common. And if, if you think it's awkward sitting there for the first time, you should try speaking here for the first time. And so I'm glad that you're here. But if you don't have a Bible, we're going to have the, the verses on the screen. But here's what I want to share with you if you're here. You're going to find hope today. You're going to find hope in the darkness. So in our church, in my church, um, for good reason, we only give, we only preach with one point. Because I don't believe my church can carry, you guys are more sophisticated, I can see that clearly. But in our church, they only go away with one point or they don't go away with anything. You know, you ask them, how was the sermon? If you give more than one point, they were like, it was wonderful. What was it about? You know, Jesus. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Um, so we only have one point. And if you're going through a dark, difficult time, this is what I want you to remember. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. That's what we're going to learn. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Don't forget when the pink slip comes in <clears throat> what God taught you in the light. Don't forget when your spouse says, I want a divorce. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. And we're going to get it right out of our text. But that's what I want. Listen, if you take any notes at all, and you're going to write something down. Matter of fact, get pen, pencil, or mascara, but write this down. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Because even if you're not suffering now, you're going to need to know that then. Now, the, verse, the verses in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5 say this. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Now, when you're going through dark times, the first thing that Psalm 103 wants you to remember is stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. David, we don't know what David, what the psalmist is going through. We don't know what difficulty he's going through. But he says this. He starts preaching to his soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Have you ever commanded your soul to do something? I've never done that before I read this psalm, before it like actually got in me. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to tell my soul what to do. Listen, my soul is depressed. My soul is downcast. My soul is hurt. My soul is discouraged. My soul feels like it can't go on. And then you hear the things from society and you hear the things, the, the terrible self-talk. Do you know, and they've done uh, statistics on this and you can look this up, but over 90% of self-talk is negative talk. Did you know that? Did you know that if you spoke to your friends the way you spoke to yourself, you'd have no friends. <laughs> we laugh because we know it's true. The things we tell ourselves, oh, stop talking to yourself. Stop, listen, preach to yourself. Oh my soul, 
Praise the Lord, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. And then the psalmist is going to give us how to get through the dark times. It says, praise the Lord. And by the way, it's going to feel anticlimactic. <laughs> but it's real and it's true. Praise the Lord, my soul. And say that next word with me. Okay, you could do better than that, all right? This is my first time here, but you guys got to do better than that, all right? I'm working as hard as I can. You do better than that. All right, we'll try that again. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget, forget not. Don't forget. See, that's where we get our big idea from. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Forget not all his benefits. You see, what happens is when you and I go through difficult times, the reason the psalmist is telling his soul not to forget is because we forget. Pain has a way of blinding us to all the other good things that are around us. Stress, difficulty, painful circumstances, loss, they all have a way of narrowing our ability to see broadly. I mean, good night, right? Like, if you lost your keys and you're looking for your keys for like an hour, it's not helpful if your spouse comes up to you and says, well, don't worry, at least you got a car. It's like, oh, you want to kill that person, right? And can, the wives, can the wives give me an amen, right? Like, yeah, absolutely, right? It doesn't matter. And it's not helpful, like, if, you, if I got five kids. If I lost one of my kids, it's not helpful for you to go, well, at least you still have four more. That's not helpful, right? You know why? Because pain, difficulty, struggle has a way of what we look at. And so there are things that we forget. And God is saying, don't forget in the dark what I'm about to teach you in the light. And so he speaks to his soul and he preaches the gospel to his soul, reminding his soul that God is good. And then he recapitulates that same statement in verse 2 and says, forget not all his benefits. To which you and I say, um, exactly what are his benefits? Well, there's this beautiful dash. Do you see that dash after benefits? That dash is there because for the next, I don't know, 13 or 15 verses, that dash is going to explain. It's going to uh, itemize all the ways that God benefits us. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at what are God's benefits? And we're only, now we could do this for the entire Psalm, but you don't have three hours. We're only gonna do this for three more verses. But in every verse, we're gonna be reminded, wait, don't forget in the dark what God taught us in the light. So praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Whatever his benefits, well, let's look at one. Next verse. Who forgives all your sins. Pause. You know why you're not jumping up and down right now and like giving each other's high fives and going, yes! Because you forgot. You forgot. Did you hear what I said? He forgives all of your sins. You know, the sin that you can't forgive yourself for, he forgave you of those. If you're in Christ, those are forgiven. 
You know, the sins that you can't tell your spouse because you think that if you tell your spouse, they'll think less of you. You know, that one. He forgives that one too. You know, the sin that you just did this week, but you feel like you can't even hear this sermon because that's the sin that's bringing shame upon you. No, 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 beloved, listen to me. Preach the gospel to yourself. Don't forget in the dark what he's taught you in the light. He forgives all of your sins. Now, this Hebrew word, all, is powerful. As you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek, and it had to be translated into English in order for us to understand it. So this New Testament Hebrew word, all, is a very powerful word, and what it means in the Hebrew, it's kind of nuanced, what it means is all. <laughs> Everyone. You go, I can't forgive myself. Who do you think you are? The king of the universe says forgiven, and you usurp his authority? Good night. Don't think so highly of yourself. Who cares what you think? He's forgiven all of your sins. And the reason you're not rejoicing about that right now is maybe because you forgot. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Isn't that good news? I, now in my congregation, you gotta understand, we're a bunch of crackheads and dope fiends and heroin addicts, and now, now they put a building next door, and so we're getting a bunch of people from, we're getting a better class of crackhead and, and heroin addicts, so it's pretty cool. And so they live in penthouses and drunkards, it's the coolest thing. But, <clears throat> so I tell our church, I go, you know, he's gonna heal all of your diseases. And you go, no, you don't understand, pastor. My mom, she loved Jesus, and she didn't get healed. Now, here's what I tell my people. Every Christian, every Christian gets healed, bar none, without exception. You go, what? Wait up, my aunt loves Jesus, my father loved Jesus, and they died from cancer or whatever. They didn't get the healing. We all prayed for their healing. Now, listen, listen, listen. So here's the deal about healing. You either get a very temporary one here on earth, because I hope you know all healings, miraculous or otherwise, are temporary. You do know that, right? Like, if you're, if you're confused about that, just think about this for a second. You do know that Lazarus died again. Like, that was the most awesome healing that you could ever, right? Be risen from the dead. Lazarus was a guy, maybe you guys don't know this. Lazarus died. It was in the Bible. He died, and Jesus rose him from the dead. You know he rose him from the dead. Do you know he died again? Yeah. You know why? Because even Jesus' healings are temporary. So all healing, you either get one right now, and it'll be temporary, but every one of us get a permanent one in heaven. All of us. So that my body breaking down, my receding hairline, my energy that I don't have, you get healed from all of your diseases. And the reason that you're not excited about that is because you forgot. But don't forget, I know you're sick, and the doctors is telling you some terrible things. Beloved, don't you forget, and it's not the doctor that has the last word. God has the last word. There's this, old, um, there's this old hymn, and I remember this one line, it's so beautiful. It says, I'll pirouette upon my grave. Well, you're a bunch of Brooklynites, so you don't know what pirouette is. It's like when a ballerina goes like this, that's like a pirouette. He goes, I will pirouette, I think that's what it is. You ballerinas can uh, correct me if you want. But it's, I will dance on my grave. This body is not the last body I get. It's breaking down. I'm getting older. 
I'm reminded of that, yes. But he heals all of your diseases. Are you discouraged? Are you depressed because of your illness? Do you wish that the illness could leave? Beloved, don't forget in the dark what he taught you in the light. Who redeems your life from the pit? Listen, that means the grave doesn't have, did you know that your grave site is not your last address? It's not. He redeems you from the pit. Death doesn't have the last word. And then he crowns you, look at verse four at the second part, and crowns you with love and compassion. Now listen, if I was in my congregation, I would say, you know, your boss, he might crown you with um, insult. Your, your family, they might crown you with shame. They can't forget all the things that you did in the past. Your neighborhood might have a name for you because of the things that you've done. Beloved, listen to me. God crowns you with love and compassion. Your boss might not think much of you, but God thinks that you're the best thing since sliced bread. Your spouse might not think much of you, but God crowns you with love and compassion. Don't forget, don't forget it. Verse five, who satisfies your desires with good things. Now, this is important, and we'll spend a minute on this one. I want to spend just a little while on this one. He satisfies your desires. Do you know why you sin like you do? And, and just in case, just to make sure, um, those of you who sin, just go ahead and raise your hand. Those of you who sin. Okay, awesome. Okay, all right, good. All right, yeah, just to be reminded, sometimes we need to be reminded, right? Yeah, I sin, I mess up, I blow it, yeah? Okay, do you know why you fall into your sin? Do you know why you raise your hand so easily? Let me tell you why. Because you forgot this, that it's God who satisfies your desires. You think that will satisfy my desires. She will satisfy my desires. He, it, them, they. This is what will satisfy my desires. You forgot. When you're in that dark place, when the tension is hot and the temptation is great and you feel like there's nowhere to turn and there's no way you're gonna get out of this temptation alive, you just remember, he satisfies you with good things. Don't you forget that. When you and I fall into temptation, when we take a nosedive into sin, it's because we don't remember God's benefits. He satisfies with. Now, this has been such a good reminder for me. I'm, in, in my church we get uber honest. If this is like, you know, TMI, let me know. It doesn't matter. I won't change anything, but at least you can let me know. Um, so I struggled. I struggled with watching stuff on computers that I shouldn't watch. And I struggled it for most of my life. And I would, I, it was the whole cycle, this whole cycle of temptation. No, and I especially remember when I first came to Christ, it was like this. This is, this is what it would look like for me. I would um, come to a church service and I would be like, 
I would, I would listen for, I would come for two services. It was a, a church that had two services, uh, more, multiple actually, but I, I went for the two services. I would sit there, and the first one, I couldn't even hear what the pastor was saying. It was like, wah, wah, like, you know, um, Charlie Brown's uh, teacher, wah, 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 wah. Couldn't hear it, because there was so much noise in my head, so much shame. And then I would listen for the second service and I would get it and I would be so fired up. I would go, I am never going to sin again. And then on Monday, the temptation would start. And then Tuesday, I would go, I am not falling to that ever again. And then on Wednesday, it would be like, oh man, I hope I can make it through the week. And then Thursday, it would be like, oh man. By Friday, I'm setting up how I'm going to sin. I'm planning it out. And then Saturday, I would fall into the sin. And then Sunday, I would, you know, rinse and repeat, right? That's how it would go with me. I didn't know. I hadn't learned. And then at times, I forgot. It's God who satisfies me. It's God who satiates my desire. It's God who gives me. God who fills me. God who meets me right where I am. Man, if you struggle with temptation, you've forgotten that God satisfies. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. Isn't that good news? So that... You're not always under the pressure of that temptation. You're not always under the pressure of that darkness. You're not always under the pressure of that pain. God will renew you. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. This is important because you're going to leave this building in just a few minutes. You're going to leave, and you're going to go through difficulty, and you're going to go through heartache. Now, the reason that God, how is it that God can supply this to us. How can God do this? I'll tell you how. The reason that God can forgive all of your sins is because God came down and took all of your sins on him. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is you're worse than you think and you're more loved by Jesus than you can imagine. That God took on all of your sins and literally took the punishment of those sins on the cross. The reason that God can forgive all of your sins is because Jesus took all of your sins on him. The reason that God can heal all of your diseases, because the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. The reason that God can redeem your life from the pit is because Jesus' life was sent to the pit. The reason that God can crown you with love is because Jesus was crowned with thorns. You see, he took your place. He took your punishment. He took what you deserved. And he gave you what he deserved. The reason that God can crown you with love and compassion is because Jesus was crowned with thorns. The reason he can satisfy your desires is because Jesus from the cross said, I thirst. And so you can, your, your desires can be quenched because Jesus thirsts. And the reason that he can give you good things is because he gave Jesus all the bad things that you deserved. Beloved, don't forget in the dark.
what God taught you in the light. So finally, here's what's going to happen. You're going to leave here. Remember, I just said that in just a few minutes. And you're going to forget. So here's how I want you to apply this. Number one, if you're going through a difficult time right now, I want you to just kind of rehearse this. Go over it. Don't believe what you think. Believe what God's word says. You need to listen to me. We need to take a bath in the gospel. Forget, listen, oh, but I don't forgive myself. I don't, again, please, who do you think you are? Stop it. You don't have more authority than God. So the first thing, if you're going through it, I want you to just rehearse this, but here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is throughout this week, whether you're going through this or not, what, I just want you to go over Psalm 103. There's, could you imagine if that's what's in just verses three, four, and five, what could be in verse six? What about verse seven? What, what, what might you discover? So this week, let it be your devotional time. And w- uh, that's our Christianese way of saying your quiet time with God, your meditative time, where you just take Psalm 103 out and you read it and you just go. And if any one of these don't cause the hairs on your arm to stand up, first confess to God that you forgot. And then second, read it and let it apply to you till the hairs on your arm stand up. Because I'm telling you, this is great promises. So that's what I want you to do this week. You can do that. Is that too much for you? This week, as you go throughout the week, you're reminded that God, God will guide you in the dark place. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. So beloved, for those of you who are going through it, difficulty and stress, don't you forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. And as you go through the dark, you'll have one who'll guide you and lead you through it all. And he'll illuminate the way so that you can endure it. Now, before I go, if that was helpful to you, if that was something that you just learned, let me ask you something. If that, what I just shared with you was a blessing, let me ask, who's going to be blessed because you just got blessed with God's word. Is there anyone in your life that needs to hear this? Tell them, share it with them. Here's what's gonna happen. Tomorrow, people at your job are gonna go, hey, what'd you do this weekend? And you're gonna go, oh, it was a great weekend. And you know, I was, I was in church and I heard this unusually attractive man. <laughs> share with me God's word about how God, that not to forget in the dark what God taught me in the light. Oh, really? What does that mean? Oh, it's found right here in Psalm 103. Because this is a dark world. And we desperately need a little bit more light. And beloved, you're a bunch of torchbearers. So you share with them what I just shared with you. And while you're doing that, don't forget in the dark what God taught you. God bless you.